0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sports Bar Podcast. Yes, we're back after the international break. It has been kind of a quite interesting international break and it was quite it was quite good to be honest. I hold my hands up, so it wasn't that boring. But then there's nothing like club football and the Premier League is back finally. Games this weekend and you know the the the, board, the boredom of the international break is, is, is long behind us. Yes. So this is the Sports Bar Podcast. This is the preview episode with me k and remember you can go and like and subscribe this podcast wherever you find your podcast Apple podcast or Spotify just go like subscribe and listen yes we're back and today is the same lineup as last week there's finally consistency on the show and we have George and Marcus hi guys hi yeah welcome to the show George
1: yeah thank you to be here as always
0: yeah, that's great. So today there's lots to talk about. There's so many things to talk about in the Premier League, things that have happened over the international break and then things that we expect to happen this weekend. So let's go straight into it. Remember, we also have a Black History Month episode, but that segment, sorry, but that will come later in the episode. So let's start with money, 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 money. So much money has come to Newcastle this 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 over the course of last week. The Saudi Public Investment Fund has taken over Newcastle. They bought the club from former owner Mike Ashley, and Newcastle fans are celebrating the fact that they are no longer under the the management of 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 Mike Ashley. But then, you know, as much as there's excitement and everything, I I want us to talk about this takeover from a human interest point of view because obviously the issues of the Saudi royalty or in, in regards to um, human rights is very questionable. And I want to talk about that because that's that's more important. You know, football, the humanity is more important than football. So um, let me start with George. George, what do you think about this takeover um, in regards to the human aspect of it? Do you think it was the right thing for the Premier League to do to accept the, the bid from the Saudi investment fund?
1: well um like you said um the as 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 human beings we have to be you know concerned about well-being and everything first and foremost and um many people are describing this saudi takeover as sports washing and justifiably so because you know um it's well known that the uh, the arabs aren't portrayed in a, in a positive light you know there's still a lot of discrimination going on the you know with regards to how they treat women and um children and you know in in, in many other regards but yes i i think i i mean it just it just goes to show how um how how how, how important how how big is in you know in, in in our game today you know um from a from a footballing standpoint i think it's good for the premier league you know in the sense that It makes for you know it ensures um the balance of power. I'm not comfortable with Manchester City being able to sign Jack Grealish, being able to sign Harry Kane, being able to sign all these big names, you know. Um they're trying to make the league like the 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 Bundesliga or you know League, it shouldn't be, you know, the other, you know traditional top four clubs are capable of making big big money signings as well but i think for other clubs you know to be acquired by this is a positive thing you know because it does you know ensure the balance of power and um but yeah i do agree with you it it, it was a questionable move you know because yes again like i said the positive light, but um it It should be interesting to see how you know things things transpire you know from here or not, you know, so it it should make for you know um an interesting Premier league, yeah
0: all right um uh, Marcus um with all that george said, um do you believe um the that the Premier League were right in actually accepting the bid because i mean? Um, they should have some policies that relate the owners of 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 clubs, are, yeah, of clubs in the League.
2: Yeah, still. And also, sports machine. In actual sense, is just a concept. It's, it's not a rule. It's nothing. Just a concept. And then and before the takeover, there were there was uh, that. It is not the Saudi or okay. the government of saudi arabia that is buying the team but it's an individual person who is owning the team or a firm so it yeah. is clear it is actually has been clarified that it is the saudi fan or whatever i don't really know the name the full name i don't even if I had the right
0: yeah
2: club so now let's take out that part and then i don't want to go too much into um the politics of whatever is going on yeah um, what's the name? Football and politics are inextricably intertwined. You can't... But I want to take it from the uh, point that he's a rich man. But... Do you get it? The same way yeah. um, the Glitter family own Manchester United, he also has the right to own Newcastle. And so he has bought new... Now, let's see what he's going to do. Because his football is not going to affect what is happening in Saudi Arabia he only Newcastle his legislation regarding Newcastle doesn't affect whatever happens in Saudi Arabia neither the legislations affect what is happening in the Premier League so I think for um, Newcastle it is an English Saudi club it's an English club manchester United club manchester United is not a Saudi club pay attention to who the club there are so many clubs in the Premier League. America. Because it's America. So we should also um out and let him run his club as
0: they should be. So that's my take on that. Uh that's Marcus's take on, on, on the whole on the whole subject. But let's go to the footballing aspect of, of the whole takeover deal. And as much as Newcastle fans are excited, there's so much there's so much happening at the club right now. Obviously things are not in the very best of places for them at right now. They are kind of battling re- relegation. the The stadium is not in the best shape, and there's also the issue of the training ground. And then there's the issue of Steve Bruce, aka Stevie B, as I as I as I like to call him. Um, who George? He's he's been under so much pressure from the beginning of his tenure at the club. The fans don't like him. Uh, I think that's an understatement. If, if 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 there's any of that, and um. It looks inevitable that he's going to leave the club at some stage, and, and it's more likely to be sooner rather than later. Do uh, you think he actually deserves the sack?
1: Well, um, to, to to say anyone deserves to be sacked, it, 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 it's kind of a harsh thing. But if we're being realistic, um, who is Steve Bruce? You know, what, what does he have the track record? Has he earned his stripes? You know, which big trophies has he? In today's climate um the big names the, the the proven winners um are what you know um these big money owners you know um want to see in their club and um, I, I i saw as I saw a tweet that you know was speaking about how um Steve Bruce said in a press conference that he knows his fate and it was it was a bit funny someone commented that he's speaking <laughs> as if he's about to be hung. You know, but it's yeah, it, I mean, it, it's it, 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 being sad with him, but, yeah, a, a funny thing, a pleasant thing for any manager to go to. But I mean, such is life, and um, such is the situation at the club. You know, he's I'm sure he he meant well, you know, he wanted to do his best for the club, for the fans, I'm sure he wanted to win trophies and everything. But it's just it's, it's just unfortunate for him. But to, to say he deserves to be sacked. I, I don't know. I mean I I think I just think his time has come to an end. You know, he's he's been able to, you know, he 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 yeah, with this new money on mama. If if you have if you have if you have a lot of money, if you if you if you got a new stream of income, you know, Kobe, I don't think you'd you you you'd, you'd remain um you you'd still purchase the 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 same things you you purchase. You know, obviously you'd you start buying more expensive stuff, you know, you know. Uh, it's economics, you know. A change in income, obviously, you you um you purchase more expensive stuff, and this is exactly what we're seeing here, you know. Um, Newcastle got some more money, and they want to, you know, spend on a, on a a proven winner, you know, a better manager, a manager with a better track record, and so, yeah. Start. I don't. I don't think so, because he he did try his best, you know. Um, of course, yeah, he may not be the best tactician, but. Hey, with the best players, you never know what he would achieve, you know. But yeah, such is such such is the current climate, and um, yeah, I think I think his time has come. I think yeah, he he will leave. But to say he deserves to be sacked, I don't think so. You know, you never know what he, he could have done with with Mbappe, with Martial, with Coutinho. You never know. You never know what he could have done. So yeah, um, let let let's see. It will be interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Marcus. On that note, on George saying you never know what he could have done, is that an argument to, to to? For, for Steve Bruce that, that says maybe put me in the job with better players and let me, let's see what I can do. I mean, don't judge me with the players that I have right now because that's the best I could do with them. Give me more players and let me see what I can do. Is that an argument so for now, Steve there?
2: That, Upcoming stars, mm-hmm. when they meet their idols, the big players, they say, I was actually shaking to meet Messi. I was shaking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where your ego is. When you meet some people, your ego comes down. Mm. Bruce hasn't managed any ego. He hasn't managed any great player. I don't think when, the man, when they start bringing the big names, he can be able to manage them. What do you think Steve Bruce can teach Ronaldo a he doesn't already? What do you think he will teach Mbappe that Mbappe hasn't seen already? A walk up winner. Steve Bruce, I don't even think he has one won. You know, so, so I don't think the um, players giving players will the players who change anything, he won't be able to manage the Eagles in the in the dressing room. So I don't think he's the right man for the job. And if you want to attract players, you need to bring in uh, what's the name? Also attract big players. No one want to play for Steve Bruce. You can't tell Mbappé. okay, I want you to play for Newcastle. Who's going to manage? He can't develop him. he can't teach him anything new. So he's, um, I think Newcastle they need to let him go. Steve Bruce has done his bit for Newcastle. And even with his bit, he couldn't do anything extraordinary. You saw um, these small coaches or these coaches managing big clubs trying to win something. Uh, Khalil Anari won the league with Leicester City. Pochettino out of nowhere, made Tottenham Hotspur a household name in the Premier League once again. We've seen um, Alex and likes Alex try to raise West Ham to a certain level. I don't think Steve Bruce has done anything for Newcastle to merit him staying in the club. I think maybe they should end the season and then bid him farewell. They shouldn't extend his contract.
0: Yeah, so you, guys are not, you guys are, you guys not, are not, being very fair to Stevie B here. I'm, a, I'm a big Stevie Stevie B fanboy, and you guys are not cheating me very well on this. You're yeah, a big fanboy.
1: Like, Would you like to see him in your team? Would you like to see him manage your team?
0: No, of course not. Let's not go. Why that. not? Let's not. <laughs> I think he should be. He should be fair enough to manage your team. Let's let's end that there. Let's let's end that there. And let's talk about potential signings for this club. I mean, right now let's not forget, I mean, there's all this uh, fanfare and everything that's happening in Newcastle, but let's not forget they're fighting a relegation battle at present. And it will be very, very important for them. To get the right players during the January transfer window, um, what do you think their approach is going to be? Do you think they're going to go out all out and buy players and, and, you know, splash the cash, or you think they're going to have a reserved approach to the whole thing, George?
1: Well, um, it's it's a bit of both, you know. They'll obviously definitely in the in the January transfer window, they'll they'll, they'll look at their options. You know, they'll get their best scouts. You know, they'll speak to the best, um, the best agents and everything. But let's be honest who who wants to play for a club um that's fighting a relegation battle you know i think for, for now, you know yes despite the fact that they've got their money and everything, I think the priority is you know to 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 make sure they stay in the Premier League, you know because let's face it there's no you can have all the money in the world but if 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 you go and play in the champions League, who you're not going to attract the best players, you know you know what I mean, so for now, I think. The priority is, you know, making sure they stay in the Premier League. Um, there, there's been asked as to what signings they they may attract. You know, there's, I don't know how Marcus feels about this, but I, I, I in the news I saw. Um, I don't, I don't think Mbappe is going to Newcastle. Let's forget that. That is, I don't think he's coming to Newcastle. Um, he wants to play. The man wants to play for Real Madrid. Um, another interesting name I I've been hearing um about is Anthony Martial. I love the boy. I love him. I love him. I still love him so much. I watched him in his first season when Louis Van Gaal signed him. Um, I think he was he's exceptional. I think he's still got um our performance against... His performance against... I think with the right players around him, I think he can still shine. It will break my heart to see him go to a fellow Premier League shine because... Premier League club, sorry, because I think he'll, he'll make it big there. But, yeah, um, he, he's definitely another name being considered. And... um. But yeah, I I think as to what I think, um, yes, they'll they'll definitely like to go all out, spend you know, splash the cash. But I think they should, you know, and know how they will stay in the Premier League, you know,
0: yeah. All right, um, so Marcus, with all of this, you know, there's also the issue of the coach, as all of you have already con condemned Steve Bruce, obviously. Do people have uh, options or there are options that um, can fill in that space. There's been a lot of talk about Brendan rogers and and all of that. He's, he's distanced himself from the job at this present moment. but who do you think is more likely to be the coach of, of, of Newcastle after Steve Bruce leaves? Oh, I
2: think additional period, they are going to give the assistant coach the job for the interim. Mm. For him to hold the team to make the season ends. You know, in January, you can't do much in January, to be yeah. honest. And we've seen so many field transfers in January. That case, there are certain things in football that are so spiritual and sensual. They always seem to have effects every season. So in January, I don't think any player would want to go to Newcastle in January. And I don't think they'll be winning. They'll, be, they'll actually make any meaningful business in January. So probably the assistant coach will take over the job for the interim period till so the season ends. Then they have three months or after the World Cup.
0: And
2: okay. After that, they could see the, the new players, the young players, the players run out of contract. some old players. They, that's how, that's how, they, blend. That's how they, they, they build a team. You need to build a team with veteran players who are out of contract. You build a team with new young players and then maybe you buy two current superstars but there's an the issue of financial fair play, and then some way, somehow, these Arab money people find a way to <laughs> financial fair play. I don't
1: I don't and know how it works read, nowadays. I
2: read no, I, I know I read an article on financial fair play and how it works. You know, the basis of financial fair play is you spend you spend what you earn. That's the basis, right? So yes. there's this there was once um, this Manuel Pellegrini Man City signed him of the uh, city uh, firm they yeah as a sponsor and they said okay this this company says they are going to pay our coach as part of the sponsorship deal so now that's one way they've added financial fair play so they have a sponsor who is paying the coach meanwhile it is their own the sponsor is, is their own company it is they just created it just to pay the coach so <laughs> they can just find maybe okay we bought Mbappe and then they open the fan. maybe Marcus, we are buying Mbappe, we want to pay him. If Mbappe plays 10 games, they're going to pay him this amount of money as a seller. And that will financial fair play. So now that's it. These oil money people, they, they, they don't have any regard for the rules. Unlike traditional clubs, Barcelona Madrid, they think, oh, the fans think we need to respect football. They don't have any respect for football. They don't believe in the traditional style of football. They are, they are now into the modern game. Be splashed in the cash. Other teams, like former Newcastle, they built from scratch. Former Manchester United, they built from scratch. But these people, they're not building from... So they sold the, the money, now let's buy a team. They have money to waste. They have money to waste. No money to spend, money to, to waste this money. And not, it doesn't matter if they buy chaff or they buy trash. Newcastle needs to... Um- you know, there was this time Team that was a takeover at East Milan 200 million. Yeah, they bought yeah. 11 players, a new starting, mm-hmm. the, and then it didn't yield anything for them. So, they can't just try to change the fate of the team at once. Maybe they could, players the following season, one or two, the following season, one player, then they start building the team, making the team gel. That's the best option. They wait till January or after the World Cup and they try making the signings. It's only ch- era that I've seen after a season of takeover, the team just blossomed. Aside that, Man City took like four years or five years, and other teams it took a, a couple of years before they started building it. So, so maybe they will learn from the other teams.
0: Yeah, that's true. Newcastle owners should listen to to Marcus. He's giving them sound advice here. So that's that's it. And I saw something on oh during the week, and I was actually surprised. Uh, a number of clubs apparently were. We're upset at the Premier League for accepting the takeover and and all of that. And when I was reading the article, I thought, oh, maybe yeah, Watchford, maybe Southampton, maybe Everton will be upset. But surprisingly, I saw apparently it was Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspurs that were leading the charge saying no oh, we're upset about the we are we're upset about the, the Newcastle takeover. Regarding that these were the teams that about six months ago, we are trying to form a new league called the Super League, where only the elite clubs, and I'm using my echo quotes right now, only the elite clubs in Europe are going to join it. Isn't it just a bit of hypocrisy from these clubs to, to be upset that the Newcastle takeover has happened? George, what do you think about that? Because it's obviously your club that's leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but yeah. Don't you think it's a bit, it's a bit funny? They agree, yeah, they
1: uh, you hit the nail right on the head. I like the word you use, hypocritical. And um, you can't let your feelings cloud your judgment. Obviously, I love Manchester United, but I would speak, always speak the truth. Yes, you know, a few months ago, you guys conspired with the other, you know, big-name owners in Europe to create some Super League. And now, if when someone, some other club is fans, you're here, you know, complaining, it shouldn't be... You know, if anything, you should be excited for the Premier League. You know that there's uh, um, there's 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 balance of power now. You, know, the Premier League is only going to become more competitive, and everything. Um Yeah, it only goes to show how you know the way people think, the way leaders think, and how money really is. Um, you know, um, you know, influential goes to show. Yeah, so I absolutely. I, 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 it definitely is a little bit hypocritical on the part of, on the part of the
0: the big four clubs here. Yeah. yeah, that that's true. Um, Marcus, this this whole takeover thing. Do you think at this time the teams in the top four should be concerned about Newcastle's takeover? in 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 the, in the sense that Newcastle will be competing for them with them for their titles and everything. Do you think the club should be concerned?
2: Well, in first sight, yes they should
0: be. But currently they to compete.
2: And that's that's one point. And also it also sends a caution to them that they should then try to Liverpool owners who are, I don't know, in our local in our pigeon team say chisel. They don't want to spend it. They should beware, because the the other teams are coming for them. Manchester City, as we all know, they are all I don't even see them making a fuss about it because Well, if you have money, you have money. If Newcastle can spend, they can spend. Manchester United have spent over a billion euros or pounds on transfers. I don't see why they should complain. And then it's a bit hypocritical of them um, complaining about Newcastle's takeover. I mean, in their defense, when they saw that the Super League was contra uh, football, I do. Like they step down. They step back. So they withdrew from the tournament. So in their defense, they did the right thing. So uh, the Newcastle owner is going to withdraw from buying the team? No. So they have the, every right to complain. I mean, they have every right to complain. Imagine an African setting. You are married to a rich man. And then, you are enjoying everything. You help him, you help him make the money. So he sees this young, investigator is like, okay, I want to get married to this girl. What are you going to do? Are you going to allow your husband to marry her? No. You are going to try to fight her off. So the the best they can do, but there's nothing they can do that's going to change the Premier League's mind. This takeover has happened. Keep on happening. The only problem is that I don't think they should just be focused on the Premier League. Maybe they should try to get to other leagues, the Bundesliga. There's a power struggle. There's actually no power struggle in the Bundesliga. It's just Bayern Munich. They should go buy some Movesberg, shaka and four. Uh, apparently, apparently in the, apparently in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga.
0: Apparently in the Bundesliga, there's there's. There's this law I think or there's this thing that um yeah. people cannot sixty yeah. percent of a team. Yeah, I think well, the fans are the fans are, are are more taken into consideration in all of this. But uh, well let's see what happens. Maybe Abi Leipzig has
2: done i Leipzig
0: has actually found a way to maneuver it. These or all your people can do the same thing. Yeah, and they hate they hate RB Leipzig in Germany for that exact reason. I mean they're they're one of you know, those low- have you heard of this thing? North America, Club America. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I think they're in Mexico or something.
2: Yeah, motto is or It means hit me more. Like this DMK.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. Let's see what what or how money is going to influence football in the in the in the future, in the near future. But let's let's talk about the game during um oh, during the weekend and We almost forget that Tottenham Hotspurs are going to go to the St James Park this weekend. Um, Tottenham won their last game against Aston Villa 2-1 and Newcastle have been in a rut of of form since the Premier League started. They haven't won a game since the Premier League started. Um, George, do you think this this is the time for them to win a game? Do you think they have a chance against the Spurs team?
1: Absolutely not. You know, again, you know, um, this is the Premier League, you know, nothing is ever guaranteed. You know, any any team can spring up as a prize at any time. But, you know, um, can, uh, we should also consider the fact that Nuno is, is also under some pressure. You know, he, he'll be, you know, eager to, to match and um, get back in the top six. And um, Harry, I don't think, he still hasn't scored a Premier League goal, has he? You know, he'll no, be, he'll yeah, be. Yeah, there you go. He's he's, in my opinion, the Premier League's best striker. Seven games in, you the Premier League's best striker, no goals is not a very good sign. You know, he he's exceptional and he'll definitely score a lot of goals. But I'm sure he'll be he'll be eager to you know, you know get get his name on you know the score sheet and, and you know join the the race for the golden boot. Um, I don't think Newcastle stand a chance. You know, he, despite the fact that they're playing at home. I think Spurs Spurs would. I think Spurs would win the match. You know, I mean, they would not win it comfortably, but because Newcastle are a decent side, they've got a lot of balance in maximum. I think it can cause them some damage, but I I just I don't see them with this with this Saudi takeover. With, they're so excited with the Saudi takeover and everything. It might you know, it, it's the perfect opportunity for Spurs to win because they're distracted. You know, um, so yeah, I I I don't see Newcastle winning this match. You know. Yeah, I think, I think Spurs will win this
0: game, yeah. Marcus, do you have the same opinion as George does? Um, in a,
2: Newcastle have been terrible this season. Spurs are also nothing to write to them about. Earlier in the season, they won three games straight. We were like, oh, okay, maybe... And they just fall off the road. So, it will probably maybe be a draw, a 2-1 victory. The takeaway is going to be I think that going to be enough to spare these players on. I mean, they haven't made any signs. It's still the same, old, the same old Stevie B. I don't think he has it to win as much. His
0: players <laughs> will probably be a draw, but I don't think he's going to win a match. Yeah, I mean, it's way to in the spirits of, of the Newcastle fans. But well, let's see. It's going to be an interesting game, and I'm sure the St. James Park will be bouncing on Sunday. But... Uh as our guests are saying, they're not sure Newcastle can get anything from that match, but we'll see. Okay, now let's go to our next match. Um, Liverpool versus Watford. An interesting match, uh, or Watford versus Liverpool, sorry, were, Liverpool are going away. An interesting match, I have to say, you know, because remember this fixture two seasons ago, Liverpool were on a high, everybody thought, "No, oh, Liverpool were going to go on beaten in the Premier League and everything, and then Watford came in then sports the party, and they spot the party pretty big. I mean, it was a 3-0 victory for Watford, and I didn't watch the game that day, so I was I was in town, and somebody told me the scores, and I'm like, no, you have to be kidding me. This, this is not true. I thought it was a prank, but it actually it did happen. George, do we see anything of that sort happening this weekend? Or oh, no? It doesn't look like that.
1: Well, you never know, you know. I... I, 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 I... I always like to say nothing is for certain, man. You know, but there are several things in consideration. Mohamed Salah is firing on all cylinders. He's been exceptional so far. You know, absolutely outstanding. He should cause some damage. But Watford would be spared, you know, with the acquisition of a a Premier League winner. You know, they've got a new manager in Claudio Ranieri, and um, he said in um, one of his, you know, um, his interviews. I don't know if it was his pre-match you know, press conference. Um he said if, if if the players are able to keep a clean sheet, you buy he buy all of them some pizza. You know, I'm yeah, sure be, yeah, I'm sure be, yeah. all the all the players will be looking forward to the pizza. Pizza's not enough to, you know <laughs> well what's what, what's what's pizza when you have Mohamed Salah, you know, winning a race yeah. against your centre backs, you know. Um but yeah it, it should be an exciting game um for all those reasons, you know, Liverpool with their high press um Leicester with um with this new manager with you know some new tactics you know I'm sure it'll be interesting. They, they, Liverpool won't know what to expect of them, you know, with this new manager and um the aura you know surrounding you know his you know him him coming to the club and everything. So it it should make for a fascinating game. I'm excited for it. Um, but I I do think you know Liverpool will make life very difficult for Watford. You know, I'm hoping from of course as as a, as a, as um. As a fellow as a fellow top four, you know, um person, you know, I, I hope contender. it ends in a draw. Yes, con- contender, sorry, thank you very much. But um yeah, I, I, I hope it ends in a draw. I don't see anything in a draw, but I hope it does, you know. Um
0: All right. yeah, uh, I, I think before I think
1: Liverpool will win this match
0: comfortably, yeah. All right. Before I go to Marcus, um in regards to the a Newcastle vs Tottenham Hotspur game. Apparently, just this evening, uh, news coming in is that a couple of Tottenham Hotspur players have have tested positive for the coronavirus. So um, oh. maybe it's going to put that fixture in in a sort of limbo. But let's see what happens. Maybe it will it'll go on. Maybe it won't. But let's let's see what happens. Okay, now back to this game, um, Marcus.
1: What's yeah. going on at,
0: at at Watford? Because the Saturday coach Cisco Nunes. Um, for being 14th in the Premier League. And I don't I don't know what the Watford uh owners think the team is. I don't know what they think the team can achieve. But pretty much 14th in the Premier League at this point with the players that they have is basically what the team can do, what the players can do right now and it's just this thing of Watford s- sacking their managers so so often. I mean they've they've had like six or seven managers in the past five years or something of that start. I'm not too sure about that, but then don't you think it's just ridiculous the way they sign their money, jets? Because, because well, there's a what when,
2: <laughs> when there's smoke, there's fire. it's fire. And then okay. being 14, being 14, 14 is just a, a number on the table. But look at the points difference between Watford and the last team. I have point difference though, but it could be there's just a point difference, or there's just two points difference between Watford and then the Often than not, when there's a new takeover, like there's a new coach, a new management, some way find a way to play against a big team and then they just end a draw or a win. Like one corner kick, they head the ball into the net, they hold it the tight at the back, and then they win the match. Most often, especially when they're playing against Arsenal, I'm so sorry I have to use <laughs> Arsenal, but usually when there's a new management of a team, you can see like there's every player is trying to impress. There's a new idea. There's something new the players have learned. Then they pull it into effect. They win maybe the first two games. They draw the next three. Then they st- start struggling, getting points here and there. Then they just stay, uh, stay up in the league. So, let's see. Maybe they could put a surprise on Liverpool. I-, I-, I really feel they could do that to Liverpool this weekend.
0: Mm. For me personally, I think Watford peaked in their first match against Aston Villa. I don't think they would. They'll do better than that, to be honest. But let's see. Maybe they might prove me wrong. Maybe they might not. But ah well, let's see. That's interesting. Um, for this game, Fabinho and Alisson are out because they went for the um, the Brazilian international games. And, and this whole thing about Crown Time and everything is is, is 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 doing my head in, to be honest. But ah well. And then it's the LA kickoff on on, on Saturday too, ah, so maybe there LA might be kickoff. a surprise. Well the early kickers are always bring always surprise. a surprise in the early Kickers. <laughs> the, the but let's see let's see what Liverpool what foot versus Liverpool brings tomorrow. Okay, now to our next game and an interesting one to be honest. Um injuries to centre backs. Both teams have that, and it's Leicester City versus Manchester United. And <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's quite interesting this game because what's happening with Leicester George, I'll give the Leicester perspective on this one. They haven't really been, been, been for the races. Up to the races this season, they, I think their last win was four games ago. They've lost games in their last four in their last four games, and they've drawn the teams we expected them to win. What's happening at Leicester? Do you think it's a burnout from the past two seasons?
1: It could be. It could be burnout. You know, they they played the Europa League um, last, playing the Europa League this season as well. You know, and it's 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 a hectic competition. You know, there's so many matches. Um, to that be honest, I couldn't. Sense. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I couldn't say. Well, I couldn't, you know, pinpoint say what well, exactly... But hey, I mean, every 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 team goes through, you know, some patches. And um, but yeah, when I look at this Leicester side, you know, any 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 team wouldn't wouldn't want to face Leicester. You know, they've got formidable players. I mean, you know, it's not the same squad they had when they won the Premier League, obviously, but. I think there's still yeah, a very I, good side. I
0: can side. argue that it's even a better squad than they a are better the. A better squad, league. exactly. Thank you a very much. Squad. yes.
1: A very be, mm-hmm. yeah, much better and squad. A younger you know. squad too. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But hey, that such as football, you know, you can never, you know, give a particular reason for why, you know, a, a team is behaving the way they do, and um, but yeah, it it should make for a fascinating fixture yeah. And uh,
0: Marcus, um, with the with the. The United aspect of this. I mean, both coaches are under pressure. Um, Oleg and is under pressure and Brendan Rogers is also under pressure for Leicester City because obviously things are not going as expected for both teams. But um, United have a chance in this game. I mean, they, it was a disappointing draw with Everton the last time they, they, they played and this is a chance for them to bounce back against, let's say, a top six rival. I
2: think United is going to win. Mm. but then again you know Leicester every season they start slowly you don't really talk about them but then you five matches the end of the season you see Leicester is fourth and then a big a giant is sixth then on the last day Leicester moves to sit and gives <laughs> way to the, the giant to come over. but every season this is how it, it is for Leicester you don't talk about them you just see they're in the top four or oh, it's a Leicester getting to the end of the season they're still in the top four and then they slide down but I think this should be um the international break really affects more of the bigger teams compared to the smaller teams because they have most of their players playing on the international break. Leicester, they will probably have maybe five or six players who will be playing for their uh, countries. The rest will, will still be at, um, in England training. So maybe that's going to help them. That's, that's the best. Maybe that's the, the only advantage of Manchester United. But aside that, I see United winning. Still
0: yeah. 2-1 or 2-0. Yeah, and the issue, George, about um, Manchester United—they are—they are going to miss their two central first-choice centre defenders. Harry Maguire is out of the game, Rafael Van is out of the game. Do you think that's a concern with regards to Lindelof and maybe Baye coming into the team?
1: It's a huge concern, you know. However, i mean, being being a Manchester United fan is the definition of a, of a roller coaster. I'm telling you, and um. You don't know what to expect from this team. You know, I saw I saw a tweet that said we can play a five up front with Ronaldo, Pogba, Sancho, Rashford, and you you still will not know what to expect. You know, we still still have the jitters going into this match. But yeah, um, I love everybody. I think he's good. I think he's a good centre back. He's nowhere near an exceptional world class, but he he can get the job done. My issue with him is he can be a bit reckless. And um, he's injury prone, you know. And um, yeah, it's, um, sometimes you just don't know what to expect from him. Um, with Lindelof, when he first came in, I, I I wasn't entirely impressed with him. But I think he's found his feet. He's a decent. He's a he's a decent centre back. I think it's um it's a little bit unfortunate what's happened, you know, with with um Varane's arrival and everything. He won't be getting as much game time. But this is his opportunity to sh- to show that he you know he. You know he also belongs in the starting lineup maybe but um yeah it, it definitely is a huge concern and um again you, you never know with eric Bae. um I don't I don't see him winning a race with a, a race against vivavadi you know but it will be interesting to see um yeah it, it should be it, it, it it's the opportunity to prove if if Bailly doesn't get injured hopefully he doesn't get injured and um it'll be their their chance to
0: show that yeah, they deserve more game time. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Another interesting thing that I saw this week was Oh, today, let me start with that. Um Olegan Associate was 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 talking about Jesse Lingard and he was saying that he hopes Jesse Lingard signs a new contract for Manchester United. Another interesting thing I saw this week, I think Jesse Lingard was was doing an interview and he was like sometimes you get random phone calls from Jose Mourinho. <laughs> finished sitting in his own yeah then he, he gets face times from Jose moreno and Mourinho is asking him what he's watching on the TV and what's on and all of that that's interesting for Mourinho. maybe he wants to send him to Roma or something like let, let's see what <laughs> happens to Jesse Lingard during the, the um international break or or in the summer okay so now let's go to our, our our next game which is our last game for the weekend the last game we're gonna delve in for the weekend is the 5:30 kickoff or the 4:30 here in Ghana, 5:30 in the UK kickoff. Um, Brentford versus Chelsea. And I, as a Chelsea fan, I have to be very honest here. I'm extremely nervous about this game, and with the with the team that has just been um, has just come into the Premier League most of the time. This is not the feeling that I have. But then I don't know. I've been seeing these signs, little little signs since Thursday. Brentford has been trending. I don't know why. It's, they've been trending on Twitter, but then it just it just it just looks like bad signs for for this Chelsea team. Um, and Anthony Taylor is is the referee, so that's like a minus five for Chelsea already. But <laughs> let's talk about Brentford. <laughs> they've been superb this season, uh, Marcus. They haven't lost. They they lost. They've lost just one game, and that was to Brighton. And Hover album faced Arsenal, beat Arsenal convincingly. They 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 showed Liverpool how the game is played. And the intensity is definitely going to be at the community stadium, the Brentford Community Stadium this weekend. Have you been impressed by them?
2: No. To be honest. Wow.
0: Um, you haven't? Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I, You know, as a basketball fan, I'm really um, impressed with good football. Let's put the ball on the, on the ground. Let's pass the ball around. I think they score a bit of uh, sloppy goals sometimes and other times too some crossing here
0: and there. I don't really, I'm not a fan of that kind of play. because they, they're playing the way they have to survive no, in the Premier League. They, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh,
2: during the time of Mitchell, I think that was 2014 or 2015. You yeah. remember Mitch, Mitchell, uh, Swansea yeah, City? With Swansea, yeah. During that time, Swansea City, they yeah. used to play beautiful football. Mm. And that was something that impressed me. I mean, once in a once in a while, you're going to see uh, uh, Brentford, um, deal with Liverpool and that's the only achievement they beat Arsenal a weaker side not had like six or seven players that were all injured you get it and then they managed to win and it was also their first game you know when these underdogs um, come into the
0: Premier League they tried on their first game to impress So well, la- the last time they played they beat West Ham you know like Ham. away I,
2: I, That's I, surely. I, I honestly still not impressed maybe I, I, I need to see something else i'm not i'm really not impressed i think yeah I, I need to give them what's the name commendation yeah i need to give them commendation i need to give them commendation for what what they're doing but still i i think they need to show me something else
0: yeah listeners listeners as you can see it's gonna take a lot to impress marcus yeah
2: yeah i really don't think uh they're there yet honestly I think maybe fine. They are they are trying their best, but they need to show me something more, something else. Maybe play good football. Don't just pack it at the back, um, hit on a counter and score. Just dominate a game. I want them to dominate a game. Let me see. Oh, yeah, they've dominated this game. They won. That's that's what is going to impress me. They're going to obviously win some one or two matches that you didn't expect them to win. But I still think they need to show more.
0: They are going to stay up, but they need to show more. All right, George. Are, are are you are you impressed with Brentford? Oh, <laughs> uh, more impressed than at least. I mean, the bar has been set low by Marcus. You you, you surely not disappointed. <laughs> You're surely more impressed with Brentford than Marcus is. Surely. Oh, oh, yeah.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, considering you not know, not just because I love the Premier League, not just because I love underdogs, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I, I I I I do agree with Marcus. You know, you you, you never know what to expect in 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 some ways, you know to a certain degree, like you don't know what to expect from these newly promoted sides they come with you know with some new injection of energy, yes, we're now with the big boys, yes, we're now here to compete and everything, and they bring all that bigger and they do compete but let's bear in mind it's still it's still very early, and apart from Liverpool, who have they you know who have they really faced um Yeah, this is where I don't really entirely agree with Marcus. You know, yes, be said for um, excellent football, you know, very good tactics being a, you know, display of, you know, technical brilliance and all of that. But I think uh, a fighting spirit, you know, counts for a lot in football as well. And I think that's exactly what they showed against um, against, um, Liverpool. Yo, we said, I said last week, I said last week, if Manchester United, the way we play, if we we concede three goals against Liverpool, I don't think we'll be able to come back. You know, I think I think Brentford deserve some credit. You know, for the display they, they 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 put up against Liverpool, I think it was exceptional. I think it was excellent. You know, I don't think some other teams would have been able to do that. And um, yeah, you you also spoke about them dominating the game. Yes, in their first game against Arsenal, maybe yes, Arsenal were missing. Um, a number of key players, but I think they dominated that game. Struggling, I think Brentford did an an outstanding job. I think they did very well. Arsenal looked like they were struggling. Arsenal looked like they were really struggling. I think they dominated that game. You know, so yes, maybe you know they've they've got this thing going on with the new boys on the block. You know, yes, they've got all the vigor, whatever, and everything. But I, I think I, I think I think they deserve a bit of credit. You know, and I think a fighting yeah. spirit. Counts for a lot, you know we shouldn't just say, oh, they are not playing the best football, so we should we should take them for granted, you know, come on marcus you you have you know, you, in, know in, you know you know fighting spirit can, counts for if, a lot if in I may football, step in. the
2: only fear factor the only fear factor should be Brentford has nothing to lose that if, if if there's any kind of what's the name fear factor in this game it should be that Brentford has nothing to lose, and Chelsea has everything to prove aside that. I, I really don't see how... And, you know, imagine Brentford have met Manchester City. They could probably just... You know, even considering three against Liverpool shows how um, easy it is to um, evade their defence or beat their defence. And uh, Chelsea, look at the way Chelsea plays now. If you see the Chelsea attacks and the way their uh, wing-backs uh, get behind uh, the defensive line, you, you'll be marveled. Okay have it's giving those through passes, I think it's going to be an easy job for Chelsea. They should probably beat them three to four goals. I really think Chelsea <laughs> are going to beat them easily. I'm, I'm not really impressed by Brentford, honestly. I don't mm. see their game plan. I mean, let's defend. Let's when we get a ball. Let's try to pass around two. But they are not playing anything impressive. You know, Kobe, for a very long time, I used to always criticise People used to criticise Chelsea that Chelsea's a defensive team. And because of that, mm. the big boys didn't want to give them the respect that they... What's the name? Um... They didn't want, they want to give Chelsea their respect. Yeah, because mm. people were always like, Chelsea, they just defend, they get sit back and then they win. But when they started playing beautiful football, people be like, okay, when they had Hazard, they were like, oh, Chelsea cannot play beautiful football. And that's what it takes to be at a big boys' table. All the big boys now, you need to play beautiful football. If the days of just sitting on the back and then counter-attacking, it's over. If you want to be at a big boys' table, you have to do what the big boys do.
0: Mm. do you think it's going to be easier for Chelsea, as Marcus is implying? Um.
1: No, I, I, I think I, I do expect Chelsea to win. I think they'll win, but I don't think it will be easy, as Marcus is saying. You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: I, I, as a Chelsea fan, I'm very nervous about this game. To be honest, not just because we are playing Brentford, but because Anthony Taylor is 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 the referee for the game. I, <laughs> I absolutely despise that man, and that's even an understatement. But. Uh, let's see what happens. Okay, so that's, that's basically about it for this game. Um, fixtures for this match week. Um, we have Watford versus Liverpool. That's 11-30 the kickoff. There's Aston Villa, there's Wolves. An interesting game, a derby for for some of the people. Leicester City versus Manchester United as the King Power. Manchester City versus Burnley. And this almost ends up like a 6-0 Victory for Manchester City. I don't know what, why Berlin even bother to, to come time. to the Etihad because it's it's obviously and let, let's 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 take some time to talk about Burnley. They must be the most boring team ever in the Premier League. I mean, even Norwich is even more exciting than Burnley. And last the last the last game week, it was actually a a, a nil nil game between. Bendy, I know it. I'm actually very, very sad for anybody that sat to watch that game. I mean, it would have been it would have so drop to Kobe, Kobe, with
2: Brentford, you think they need to do what to, what is necessary to survive? But with Bendy, you don't think they have to do what is necessary to survive? Because there's excitement like with Brentford. If if, if if they have to also play boring football to also survive, I think they also deserve their credits too. Because yeah, um. let's just sit back. Pass the ball around. Off.
0: 19 minutes, we yeah. just go home. That's true. I have to be honest. Burnley, Burnley are, are, are doing miracles oh. in <laughs> the Premier League because I don't sorry, know. Sorry, so, so, hey, sorry. Know, sorry, sorry to budge. But to Marcus, Marcus, Marcus
1: are, we sure, are you sure you're using the right adjective with boring? Because <laughs> coming back, fighting three goals, scoring three goals against Liverpool, that's no no. no I'm mean, using no boring
2: in the sense of Burnley. What's the name? You right, know, and, yeah. when, I, when I talk about boring, I, I don't really limit it to um, the number of goals in a game. I mean, when you have the ball, what shows that, like, what shows you're you you doing something with it? You don't have to just get a ball, you lose the ball, then you sit back So the other team passes around for, like, 10 minutes. When they lose it, then you can finally do something. Maybe do two, the, be end,
0: the game should be end-to-end. End. It should be end-to-end. They they don't they don't necessarily they they I, I understand what Marcus is saying because he's saying maybe they defend a lot and then they just hoof the ball up for their two strikers to to do something and and that's that's how they play but it works for them and it's I would say it's, it's kind of exciting because they score goals Marcus to be honest but well, yeah they do score goals they do score yeah. goals. And it's different from Burnley because you know, Burnley would, would have, wouldn't, yes. wouldn't,
2: look at wouldn't, we, wouldn't we, the, the wouldn't we describe that Leicester as Leicester
0: pragmatic football?
1: Isn't that what Jose Mourinho pioneered? That
2: is a bit dogmatic. That is a bit dogmatic. Yeah. Let's, let's, look at, let's look at Leicester City when they won the league. You know, they played beautiful football. Maris could hold up the ball, take on three or four players. He lays the ball to Vadi. Vardy could take on a defender, one to the keeper. Okazaki was very good with dribbling. They had Leicester had the squad, they had this uh, striker from Argentina, Leonardo Joa. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, 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 another brilliant striker. He actually got injured midway through the season. They had the tights at the back with Gabriel Huth and then West Morgan. I said that they had very uh, modern name? Um, attacking minded players. Kante was in the DM. Kante, you know, Kante is actually a very good box-to-box player. People don't give him credit for that. People only notice Kante for being a defensive midfielder, but Kante can dribble, he can run with the ball, he can pass.
0: He doesn't give flashy passes, but he gives very good passes. Marcus, but, you know, know, with this, you you can say that, but then, for me, I feel like, if you play beautiful football and you get relegated, then what's the point? You know, because Norwich are playing good football, or even Fulham last season, they played good football, but then they were creating chances and everything, but then in the end, they didn't get the points. So, one would argue that, you know, like Brentford, what they are doing is, is 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 get the point, let's stay up, and then maybe we'll develop the team because, I mean, that's what's necessary for now. They don't want to then, go back into the championship. Do you understand? Then
2: again, my culture as a
0: Barca fan maybe uh, comes to play here because I still yeah. feel you need to play beautiful
2: football. <laughs> and even George, Manchester United, when you went to one, you'd be like, the ball was boring. You want you scored goals, right? But you want to see something beautiful, you want to see your player, your team dominate.
1: They should just like they should play beautiful, you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, when, you, when you just win, I've, I've because I've become a ghost, because I set those standards, you know, and uh, yeah, I agree exactly. With you,
2: yeah. So, I have that standard too. If you want
1: to play with a like I said, you want to play with a big boy,
2: as the big boys do,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, but that one thing that's dominates.
2: All the time. Man City will play with you and then it will be like possession 60, 40, 70, 30. But then again, even as a a big team with less possession, you can see you also attack Man City more. When uh, Chelsea lost to Man City this um, last three weeks or so, um, last three game weeks, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, um, uh, what's the name? The possession was like 70 something or 60 something. But Chelsea could still attack Man City. You know, you get what I mean? Yeah. So, it's not even about only holding up the ball, but it should be end-to-end. End. Even if you, um, you don't have enough of the ball, you should also show more of attacking intent. It shouldn't be just two or three chances, two or three clinical chances, and then you're done. No, you should have shots from distance. You should create chances. You should shoot off the target, like on the target, off target. They all count for beautiful ball. It doesn't have to be just possessing the ball, but at least showing more attacking intent.
0: Uh, Marcus Marcus is very very hard to please. There we we, yes. we can all agree as, on as that. As a Vasa fan, as a Vasa fan, I I really expect more if you want to if you want to play beautiful football. Yeah okay. But one thing that's for certain is that they are going to be beaten by Manchester City this weekend. I think that we can all agree on. Norwich yeah. will also face Brighton at the at their stadium. Um, Brighton obviously are doing wonders this season, but let's see how 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 long that lasts. Southampton who we'll face Leeds at the St. Mary's. Leeds got their first win last time out, so they'll be looking to get another one. And then the late kickoff on Saturday is Brentford versus Chelsea. On Sunday, we have Everton versus West Ham, another interesting game. And then Newcastle versus Spurs, we've we'll spoken about that in the show. And then on Monday, Arsenal face Crystal Palace at the Emirates, another interesting one. For <laughs> Another interesting one at that. We'll be here to review all the games. As they happen and when they happen and everything that happens will be here to review all of that. Next time on the review show. But um now I I as I said at the beginning of the month, this month, which is October, um is Black History Month. So then we're gonna dedicate a portion of the show to a black player of Caribbean or African descent that has 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 made the Premier League much more beautiful for us all as has, has given us entertainment in the Premier League. And today, the player that we're highlighting is actually called cool. the former Chelsea and Arsenal, um, left back. Well, as for yeah. me, as, 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 a Chelsea, as a Chelsea fan, uh, he was one of my players. I absolutely loved him when, when he was playing because he used to control the, the left wing and he was brilliant there, going up and down. Um, he didn't contribute with much goals, but then with assists and everything, he was right there. He was, he was reliable, he was he played almost every game for Chelsea. He was always constant there. Like Cesar Sbloqueta now is for Chelsea, but Ashley Cole must certainly be considered one of the best left backs in the Premier League history, if not the best. Um, what do you guys think about about him, George? After we, um, what 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 are your memories of Ashley Cole in the Premier League? Hello, George. Are you there?
2: I think George is off.
0: Oh, okay. So, um, Marcus, what what, what, do you okay, think about so
2: football? The advent of attacking football in the Premier League all begins with Ashley Cole. I mean, he's one of the first uh, full-backs in the Premier League who could from the defensive and attack. He also recovers perfectly. I mean, like you said, he didn't have the numbers to prove. And, and even... In those times, the stats weren't very necessary. Like, they weren't really keeping stats of all these things. Baslico was one of the very first fullbacks in the Premier League who could attack you and defend perfectly, equally too. And he had also been consistent for like eight to nine years. From He won the Golden Trophy with Arsenal, unprecedented, and then still yet to be seen again. And also, he won everything a club football could offer with Chelsea. He won the Champions League and the Europa League. He's actually, in my opinion, the greatest left-back in the Premier League. I mean, Robertson is trying his best, but I think he's so far. Because the standard, as Nico sets, is, is too high for current fullbacks in the Premier League to reach. And even of all time, I think he should be there among the top five, in my opinion, as Nico, he counts.
0: Oh, that that's great. That's um, brilliant. Um, we have oh, brilliant views of Ashley Cole. Obviously, he was a great player in the in the Premier League. So, yes, he 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 showed us black excellence in the Premier League. So we appreciate him for that. And um, I think George has left, but um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we are at the end of the show, and it's been an interesting show. Um, uh, thank you, Marcus, for being here, and I'd like to say my thanks to George too for being here. Um, Hi, oh Coby. Thanks for yeah. having me. It's always it's always a pleasure. So, on review all the matches and everything that happens in the Premier League, and the, as the listener, we are, we, are, we will be excited to have you here. Remember, you can go like and subscribe the, for the podcast on all your streaming platforms, be it Apple Podcast or Spotify, and just listen to greatness. Or you can also find it on Anchor, on Anchor, on the Anchor hosting app. So, yes, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.